is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. All right, welcome back to the hottest podcast in the world, Decibel Geek Podcast, especially in July. I'm Aaron Camaro, joined as always by Chris Sinzak. Happy Christmas in July, my friend. Same to you. How's it going? Oh, man, it's my favorite time of year. That's how it's going. It's going awesomely. Yeah, we've had fun so far. Uh, we've uh, the website went ahead and launched it on the first, and uh, been doing. BJ's been doing this a uh, six degrees of kiss. I love it, and uh, he's done some really interesting ones that we've so far. El Duce of the Mentors, Fats Domino. What are the other ones that we've done? Some of the other ones. Uh, he did corrosion of conformity. Corrosion of conformity. Yeah, I didn't know how he was going to link Fats Domino, but he did. He did it, man. He always does it. There's no stopping that guy. Yeah, and, and he, he's gonna. I think he's gonna do one pretty much for every day of the month. So yeah. So um, they those suggestions have been coming through our Facebook page, and so if you've got a suggestion, kick it on through there. You know where to find us, and we'll get that to BJ, and we'll challenge him. So far, he's unstoppable. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, we're excited to keep doing that in the month and. Go to facebook.com slash decibelgeek you know, every day during the week, and we usually have new discussions up to talk about KISS-related stuff, and we'll be posting pictures and videos and just a KISS smorgasbord. I love Kissmas in it's July. A big word like gymnasium. Yeah, it is. So I hope uh, everyone's enjoying their Kissmas in July, and we have a, a really interesting guest for our first week of Kissmas in July. Yeah, but first got to look at our complaint department because we always yeah. say that we do – we do listen to the people, you know, so we've got a complaint. I've got one in the box right here. Something's not right. Yeah, something isn't right, and uh, I'm not, I'm, we'll not be announcing Geeks of the Week this week, the people that have no. shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter, and I'll tell you why, because I'm trying to be fair about this. I am really working my butt off trying to figure out why I'm not seeing some of these shares or retweets, because every week I'll, I'll name them off, and then somebody will say, hey, I've shared for the last three weeks, and I, you're not giving me a shout-out. Well, I'm not seeing your share for some reason. So let me... I'm looking into it, but what you can do to help us, and I will read them next week, if you share or retweet the link on Facebook or Twitter, make sure you're sharing the actual link that we post on that Facebook fan page. Because if you just copy the link from the website and paste it in on your wall, I don't think I can see it. Ah. I think maybe that's the problem. It's being looked into. I'm looking into it. I may be wrong. I'm trying to figure it out, but uh, Mark Zuckerberg isn't returning my phone calls. So, um, Yeah, I know. Uh, I thought he was a KISS fan. But I guess not. But um, so, yeah, I'm working on that. But uh, next week I'll do Geeks of the Week. Definitely. So to kick off this year's Kissmas in July, we've got something really special. We for always you. try to get interesting guests and people that would have a, you know, a different view on what took place and people that were involved in certain parts of Kiss's hi- history and career. And today is no exception. Today our guest is Cher Bach. Now, this is not uh, Sebastian Bach's sister, girlfriend, no. or whatever. Somebody asked me if it was Sebastian Bach's wife or something. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's not. I wonder if she's got any interesting kiss stories to tell. Probably not as much as Cher Bach. Probably not. But uh, Cher Bach was, um, a very interest- is in a very interesting interview. She came out here to the studio. She lives here in the Nashville area. And interesting in the point that she was... She knew Kiss when they were nobodies playing clubs because she was part of that early, early glitter rock scene in the New York City area. Um, She was married to one of the members of the Harlots of 42nd Street, and if you're a Kiss fan, of course you are, you're listening to this, you know who they are. They were another one of those bands that played the clubs, glitter rock. Sure. And um, so she was around the band at that time. She saw them play at Coventry. She hung out at all those places. And um, she dated Sylvain Sylvain from the New York Dolls for a while. Yeah. You know, they're no stranger to Kiss fans either. She's really in the scene. You're going to find out. So she knew them when they were nobodies, but then a few years later, she actually also worked for them to a point 
when they were on top of the world. In yeah. 1977, she goes to work for a coin management and works in Bill of Coin's office. What a fantastic story. And we haven't even got to the conversation no, yet. No, and she, then she also has a run-in with uh, Kiss in the 80s when Eric Carr was in the band. So yeah. we have three different eras of history being covered in this interview. It's pretty amazing. And Cher, has a, Cher is a trip. She, oh, was, she was a great She's guest to have. fantastic. And we think you're going to love her, too. So yeah, might definitely. as well not waste any more time and get to it right now. Here's our talk with Cher Bach. Merry Christmas. You have an interesting perspective because you kind of knew them when they were nobodies. Yeah. And then you worked for them when they were huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, so it's interesting to talk to somebody who was there at both of those periods. So and, and see the change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I bet. Which we yeah. can get into. Well, so let's go back to the beginning. Um, you and I, I've told Aaron in the past. I've told the listeners in the past. We always talk about if you had a time machine, what would you, what era would you do go to and stuff like that. If I had a time machine, I would go to the early to mid seventies in New York, exactly, yeah. and I would check out all of those exactly. Bands, and you were right in the middle of that, exactly. So, tell us how people would know about when you get started into this whole scene and what it was like at that point oh god let's see i ran away from home at 16 1973 i read so, something about that that you had old. a fake id and a dream huh? i did yeah. fake id and and i was a go-go dancer where'd you grow up where jersey, were you running from jersey, jersey tom's river yeah yeah jersey shore home of skid row that's yeah. right True. <laughs> yeah they went to school with my sisters wow um Anyway, I showed up in New York and uh, did the whole Washington Square Park thing. And, and then I met this guy. Um, his name was Eddie Pittman. <clears throat> he was a writer, rock journalist. His brother is actually a very, very famous rock photographer, uh, Dustin Pittman. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so Dustin um, was just starting out. And um, Eddie introduced me to the Mercer Arts Center. Yeah, I've heard of that place. Yeah. And uh, so I started just like basically living there. Yeah. Around what year are we talking about? 1973. 73. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as far as Kiss is concerned, this is the year they formed the band. Yeah. So how do you first come into contact with Yeah. What's the first time Kiss comes into consciousness for you? Well, um, my first husband, and I need to give him some kudos. Happy Father's Day. Mm (laughs) Yeah. My first husband was in a band called the Harlots of 42nd Street. Yeah, heard, so, heard about them through Kiss documentaries. Over right. The years. So there was, there was a, a, a very small um, group of bands that all played the same venues and everybody knew each other and it was almost like it was like a, a, a music orgy, you know, <laughs> where you'd switch. <laughs> yeah. say, well, he's playing with that band now. Now he's going to go play with that band, and and you never knew. So it was like a real community. Exactly, and. And, you know, there was, I would have to say, very few fights. Yeah. Like you see today, you know, you see these young bands today and they're all dissing each other and just all this anger. And, and that's why I like that era, because everybody was, everybody was fucking everybody and everybody was playing with everybody and, and nobody cared. And it's like even, you know, people would be married and, well, I don't want to be married to you anymore. I'm going to go with that one, you know. Wow. And it yeah. was not, and there was no, nobody waiting for you outside with a gun. <laughs> Right. Much freer time. Yeah, it was just nobody cared. And um, I'm sure now, you know, looking back, we probably go, what was I thinking? But um, 
there was a club called the Coventry. It was called the Popcorn Club, and then they changed it to the Coventry. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, in Queens. And so you had the New York Dolls, you had Kiss, which, Wicked Lester in the beginning, um, the Harlots of 42nd Street, the Brats, mm-hmm. Teenage Lust, mm-hmm. uh, Ruby and the Rednecks, which was a band that I sang back up for. Mm-hmm. Um, street Punk? Street Punk. I'll tell you, funny, I'll tell you a funny story about Street Punk. But um, I should have brought that picture. I got a picture of the, the drummer from back then. Oh, do you? Mm-hmm. One of, my friends just, one of my friends interviewed um, John Montgomery from, from that okay. band. Okay, John just moved to Florida. Oh, did he? Yep. Yeah. He just left New York, moved to Florida. But um, well, what was to explain what Coventry was like for those that never got the Coventry was a it. was um it was a, a fairly large club from what I remember. I mean, you know, going back yeah <laughs> over forty years. So, but if you see any pictures of bands on stage where you can like see the drop ceiling, yep. And the Christmas lights hang. That's the Coventry. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like yeah. it was. You know, it was dressing rooms were down the stairs in right. the basement. But I think just about anybody from that era played there. Yeah. Down the street was a club called the Merry Go Round. Uh huh. And it was a go go bar. Yeah. And so I would do my set, come mm. down, go to the Coventry, watch the bands, go back to you know. Okay. <laughs> it was. That and sometimes the guys from the bands would come in, and you know, of course, dancing was a lot different then too. You know, yeah. It's not like it is today, you know. Well, what was the? What's the difference? Do you think? There was no sitting at the bar. There was no lap dances. There was you, you had to be so many feet away from the customer. You had to have your nipples had to be covered. You had to, you you had to, you couldn't show any skin. Yeah. You had to shave pubes because none of that could be showing. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very very strict. The it laws, was more based on the skill of your dancing as opposed right. to right. just yeah. being naked and on the, the stage. Right, yeah. and the merry-go-round was um, the bar moved around the stage. The stage was up inside the middle oh, wow. of the bar, huh. and That's it awesome. had, it, so it looked like a merry-go-round. Yeah, and it would be so funny because you'd see some guys come in, they'd get shit faced, go to the bathroom, and come back. Where the fuck's my beer? Because <laughs> the bar wait moved. For it. Yeah, it wait moved. For it. It'll <laughs> come back. Yeah. Around. I'll give it a minute. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you should mix uh, alcohol with <laughs> with the stage. Spinning things. Yeah, bar. exactly. It really confused people. It was, yeah. it was pretty funny. So I'm drunker like, than I think. This the bar seems. And my tits look bigger than they really are. Nice to see you again. <laughs> so, what kind of uh, what kind of area is this? I mean, is this kind of a, a low income area? That's all. No, this it was at? it was Sunnyside, Queens. It was working class. Yeah. Um, working class. I don't know, Italian, Polish. Yeah. You know, at that time, I don't know what it is. And like what, now, what kind of clientele are coming into like the Coventry and hanging out? We had there. the rockers from yeah. the Coventry, and you had your working class. You know. Yeah. Dudes, you know, yeah. people work for the MTA. And I heard Cindy Lauper hung out there too. Cindy Lauper hung out there. Cindy Lauper was in a band called Blue Angel, mm-hmm. and um, I actually met Cindy when she was playing the Great, Gilder- Great Gildersleeves, which was yeah, a little later on. Okay, you know, down the down the road, but um, so you you mentioned Kiss being called Wicked Lester before, which you know that was the band that Paul and Jean had before right. Ace and Peter came in. So did you actually see Wicked Lester? Saw Wicked Lester. Um, I don't know if I saw them at Coventry or not. I may have seen them someplace else. They only did a handful but, of gigs. They yeah, yeah, they many. were together like for you know a heartbeat. Yeah, and then but you um, got to see it. Yeah, yeah. Nice. And then um, I remember the night they played the Coventry. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the first night because we were there. We were just hanging out. Gene, mm. Gene's my my husband's name is Gene. Excellent. His band wasn't playing that night. We'd gone down to see, I think we'd gone down to see the Brats. Not sure, but mm-hmm. 
So these guys were down in the dressing room and they were putting on this kabuki makeup and you know it was it was it was rudimentary. The makeup was yeah. was yeah. really not you know, what it became. No, yeah. not at all. Yeah, not at all. And um, and of course everybody made fun of them. So the, the so they didn't fuck is yeah, it? They didn't go they over were well. So different. No, well because yeah because all the other bands were in, everybody was into the, gl- the glitter rock sure. and the glam rock and you had the magic tramps with Eric Emerson running around throwing glitter on everybody and, <laughs> and it was this real androgynous you know are you gay or aren't you right. or are you not yeah. kind but a of lot thing. of that comes out of the Andy Warhol stuff going yeah. on at the time yeah. right? well Eric was an that. Andy Warhol actor yeah he was part of that part of that whole do you scene. think that scene and sorry to derail it but do you think that scene cropped up because you came from an era of the hippie free love era where yeah. everyone would just look like homeless people mm-hmm. on stage and like the people in New York were just like screw that we're gonna yeah. actually put a show on exactly so it wasn't you know, Kiss talks about let's let's give the people their their money's worth and let's give them something to look at. It was really an outgrowth of the whole area was wanting yeah. to give people something to look at. I do. I agree with that. Um, I mean, even now to this day, I can listen to a band and they will, oh, fucking great band. But if you don't put on a good show, I'm bored. Yeah. I'm leaving. Santana, yeah. I fell asleep at a Santana concert. <laughs> I was in the front, the aforementioned Eddie Pittman. Yeah. Actually, he wrote a book. And it's a story, Chiseled in Rock, it's called. And he gave me a copy years later. And um, I'm, I'm looking through it, and I'm like, oh, my God, that's about me. Oh, that's about me. And it was like all these stories that he talks about me. Right. And he talks about me falling asleep in the front row. Of a Santana <laughs> and a Santana. And I wake up. I, like, I'm, he's, he's like, wake up, wake up. I think I made a ticket in a Quaalude. I don't know. But I woke <laughs> up, and, I look, and, and here's, here's, here's Carlos at the edge of the stage, like, just glaring at me. Like, how dare you? Fall oh, I I'm bored. I'm bored. You're not <laughs> doing it. You're just playing yeah. a guitar. God, I could just stay home and listen to this, you know? But so you're it, probably yeah. not the first person to fall asleep during a Carlos Santana concert <laughs> or the last. Somebody posted on Facebook yesterday, her boyfriend at, uh, out at Bonnaroo. Yeah. While Skrillex is playing, he's like, <laughs> "Well, that's I can't funny. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> that doesn't surprise like, me much I, either. <laughs> uh, you live in New York long enough, you can fall asleep standing up during a, a bomb, right? Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and Gene was a genius behind that. You know, they had this. He had this idea of comic book heroes. You know, you know the history of Gene. And sure, he's right. Really big into the horror stuff, and um, you know, Bela Lugosi, and right. that was his. That was his escape from. You know whatever problems he was having as a kid. Yeah, and uh, so they they so the first time they go up on stage, people are just basically laughing. At yeah, them oh going, yeah, we laughed this? our asses off, and uh, and they weren't that good. Yeah, musically so, yeah, speaking, they were pretty yeah. sloppy when they started. I suppose. So, yeah. well, personality wise, did you get to talk to them that night? Yeah, yeah, I knew. Well, I I had met Paul before. My girlfriend Denise, rest in peace, mm-hmm. had dated him. You know. A couple of times. So, God, this is going back to like high school or seven? No, 72, 72. 73. She was a groupie. She okay. was a self self professed, self proclaimed groupie. Yeah. Never got married because she never met a rock star that she wanted that she was going to marry. So she right. stayed single. Wow. Yeah, it was kind of sad, but yeah. she was a sweet girl. So, what personality wise, what are they like during like when they're nobodies? What, what you know? What would you say? I loved Paul. I always thought he was a sweet guy. Uh-huh. You know, um, Gene was always a bit obnoxious and arrogant. You know? So it was that way even when they were broke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but very intelligent. Oh, yeah. And, he was, and he's sort of like that, I'm smart and I know it, right. you know? Yeah. And, and, and it grates people the wrong way. Now, I know people that are really tight with him. My girlfriend, Dina Regine, who's a, um, also a singer-songwriter um, from back in that era, she's really tight with Gene. And they really get it. Because she ha- can handle him. Right. And I 
handle him better now than I'm older. But when I was younger, I was like, I was, uh, I didn't, yeah. ha- I didn't have any comebacks. Yeah, you know? it's uh, yeah, he can intimidate you with his vocabulary yeah. and stuff. Like I have that. to tell you the funniest time I ever saw Gene at a loss for words. They were doing the comic book signing at Jacob Javits Center. Uh-huh. My son, my youngest son, was I don't know, 10, 11 at the time. And his friends would tease him, your mother doesn't know Kiss. She didn't work for Kiss. And let's so, brought a bunch of them. Got on the subway from Brooklyn, went into to Manhattan. And I get to, uh, there's like a line around the corner yeah. trying to get in to, to get these uh, comic books signed. All right. And I see this guy looks kind of familiar. And I'm like, that big John? Big John. John was, Hart, right? You know. Yeah. And um, I walked over and I said, John? And he was like, oh my God. I w- oh my God. You... How are you? I said, you remember me? Because of course I remember you. So he opens up the velvet rope and lets us all in. And Sweet. all of my son's friends are like, oh my God. You know, all these like 10 year old kids. And my son was like, they worshiped him after that. <laughs> so I we bet. get, we don't, we don't have to wait online. We didn't have to buy a comic book. Right. <laughs> you know, we get online and Paul, I, I'd seen Paul over the years, you know, different places. Um, Puerto Rico, of course. And then I ran into him in New York when I first moved back. And um, he looks up and he's like, hey, Cher, how are you doing? Now, my girlfriend's with me, Star. Her name is Star. She's got a huge star tattooed on her chest. And then some, I don't know, some writing underneath it. Mm-hmm. She's standing to my right in front of Jean. And Jean's leering at her. Of course. You know? <laughs> She's Native American. Yeah. And she didn't take shit from nobody. <laughs> so I'm talking to Paul. At that time, I was working for Playgirl magazine. Yeah. And we did a rock issue every year. And I was trying to get kiss to do an interview mm-hmm. and nobody would return calls they were like oh it's a gay magazine i'm like look you know if gay people want to buy it gay guys want to buy it that's fine but it says entertainment for women right and i write articles you know about vaginal infections so if guys want to read about that kind of stuff <laughs> you know so be it it's a free it's world for the decimal yeah. geek podcast yeah, that's the first time. <laughs> vaginal infections have got been a little itch the down there i want to bake some bread oh. <laughs> breaking the ground today. wow awesome <laughs> we could start a whole nother show it <laughs> would have to be a whole anyway <laughs> anyway paul said really he goes nobody's ever said anything to me about it and he goes here call this person and he gave me i, I think her name was pam I, I don't remember but it was uh Somebody who was doing their publicity at the time. Yeah. Gave me her number. And I hear conversation going on to my right. And I hear Jean say to Star, are those tattoos real? Uh-huh. And she looks at him and she goes, no, they're lick-ons. <laughs> and he was like, uh, uh, he didn't know what to say. He was like flabbergasted. <laughs> I suppose because he's used to girls being the ones Yeah, and Star is like, you can't, him. there's not, you know, she... <laughs> I've seen her put some people in their place. It's hilarious. It's yeah, just like nice. she does not care. She's <laughs> not impressed. Yeah, because he's typically smartest guy in the room. Yeah. You know, whether he is or not, he'll tell you he is. Oh, yeah. You know. yeah and he invented the internet. Right. <laughs> so what about Ace and Peter back in those days? Ace, I never saw Ace sober. Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever, ever. I'm so shocked. Um, but he was a sweet guy. Yeah. You know, I have nothing bad to say about him. Yeah. Peter, I didn't really get to know that much. Right. Um, I'd see him in the office and... Um, I actually became more friendly with with Lydia, right? You know, but yeah. um, I remember sitting in the office when the news hit that he'd like deserted and yeah. went off with some porn star in Paris, and we were like, "What a fucking dick!" Oh wow! You know? Oh yeah, yeah. And then she came up to the office um, at one point. He just never came home. 
You know, it wasn't like, hey, I want a divorce or I want to leave you. He just stayed he just never, gone. He just never, yeah, he just never came home. Wow. So she wow. showed up with his birthday. It was a birthday or a Christmas gift, I think it was. And uh, they were having a meeting and she just walked in and laid it on the table. And she yeah. was she was a class act. I always got the impression that, she, I mean, she, you know, Kiss fans owe her a bit of a debt of gratitude. Cause sure. she, I mean, she worked her ass off to she keep did. him where he could do music full time. She put Peter Chris through rock and roll college. She uh-huh. really did. She did. And you know, you know, he and he she made it clear and that he made it even clear in his book that she dropped everything focused yeah. on working. Yeah, but then he put her down in money. his book too. So yeah, I lost yeah. a lot of respect for him. Yeah, there that. was a lot of uh, arrows slung yeah. back and forth when when that book came out. Well, yeah. 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 And I mean, you know, and she had she had some stuff to say, but her, she had she has righteous anger. Right. You know, and you know, when you get done like that publicly, yeah, well, you're going to want to say something. Yeah. Well, and I also had the impression that, from what I've read, that you know Peter was the most seasoned musician in the band. He back was. Then. He had done records. He had done tours. He, he was. He was the oldest. And you, if you, I don't know if you heard the them playing at the Daisy in Amityville. That there's a, a, it came out on YouTube. Somebody leaked it. Uh-huh. It's, a, it's a recording of them playing at the Daisy. This is very early. Seventy three. As Kiss. Seventy three. Yeah. yeah as okay. Kiss. And. The person doing the most talking on the mic is Peter. Yeah. Like he was the band leader, mm-hmm. and I got the impression they looked up to him at that time. Well, from what I remember, I think it was it was Peter's ad that brought everybody together. I think Peter put an ad in the Village Voice or something. Yeah, he and, did. And Paul and Gene were looking for a drummer, right? And they said willing to do anything. Right, there's the guy. And then they and then of course Ace came in later, but right. They showed up with one it was like one green sneaker and one red, red sneaker. And one yeah, two different colored yeah. shoes. That's awesome. Well, so did it? Did it? Could you? Could you even tell even back then around the first show that there was a Gene and Paul faction and an Ace and Peter faction? Like no, or did they all seem no. more all for one at that yeah, time? Yeah, they were all for one. That's interesting. Definitely. I suppose um, that kind of speaks to the community at the time too. Like you're talking about how all these bands are all doing their own things, mm-hmm. but really they're all in a force to just well, to yeah. entertain, just to mm-hmm. do something special. Well, and those bands, um, so you mentioned the crowd laughed at them on the first thing. Did they have to work hard to impress the other bands that were around at that time? Or did they probably not even care about impressing those bands? I don't I don't know. I mean, I know that my husband at the time, and he's still kind of bitter about, about, the, <laughs> about the music scene, um, he never really had anything positive to say about them because yeah. he was a... He was a singer's singer, and, you know, he, you know, these guys can't fucking sing, and, you know. I'm like, you wrote a song called Polyethylene Purebred. <laughs> okay? You're not writing Mozart's yes. symphony. Yeah. <clears throat> and you, and you, you posed for the cover of Andy Warhol's magazine in a G-string and platform boots. Right? I think yeah. I saw and that was, picture online. Did you? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, I think I have it on my Facebook page. Wow. Mm. That's interesting. Well, yeah. well, I suppose even back then, you know, other musicians looked at them just the way other musicians had looked at Kiss their whole careers. Look at these guys. Yeah. Look at their how they're, they're not, gimmick, you know. Right. They're not a real band. They're a spectacle. Yeah. Well, it's like Nickelback. People make fun of Nickelback. That's Chris's favorite band. I think they're fucking great. They're, I have the entire album on my workout tape. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You convinced Chris on Nickelback. It's been nice having you on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they're not, but they're not, and of you course, and I even and I even said to my my daughter-in-law the other day, I said, "What is it about Nickelback? Everybody makes fun of them." And he goes, "Well, they're not." She goes, "Well, they're not great musicians." I said, "Neither was Kiss." No, I, right. <laughs> I'm not. I don't even put Nickelback down for being like untalented. I think they have talent. I mean, yeah, they, they definitely do. They can tune their instruments and they play. My <laughs> problem is, I think they come off as 
generic and pushed by well, yeah. pushed by the commercial music industry. Well, they are very commercial. They're like the poster boys for this is what modern rock is supposed mm-hmm. to be. They're it's like not, the Bon Jovi of today, yeah, like yeah. what Bon Jovi was in like '84. Although, like like well, but it's not necessarily Nickelback's fault. I just don't like what they represent. Right. Okay. They I represent got you. the commercialism. Part. So you don't dislike the music, though. No. Well, yeah, I do. I, do I, you? I, I, the singer's voice just grates on my nerves. Some of the riffs are good, but when he starts singing, I'm just. I, I check out. <laughs> I, can't, I, I can't listen to him sing. This has been your Chris well, really, intervention. I don't really beat. listen. And I don't now, listen. deep thoughts with Arsenio Hall. Black people love kids. Current rock news, rumors about your favorite bands, album release dates, and we won't mention our bowel movements much. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. another log in the fireplace. It's Christmas in July. Playing along, they're getting laughed at. I'm sure they get a little bit better over time, but it's like when you read about it, it's like out of nowhere, they've got management, they've got a record deal. Mm-hmm. Or the other bands like, "What the fuck? Why are these guys well, taking the off?" Well, the story, and we're not? the story behind that <clears throat> um I don't remember if it was at the Coventry or if it was at Max's. But uh, Bill had come down, and he actually sat down with my husband's band, mm-hmm. with, with Gene. And my husband was super homophobic. Super right. homophobic. Yeah. You know, he Wait was, a minute. He was in a gang in East New York. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Your husband was in the Harlots in, yeah, of 42nd Street. Yeah, in a fucking Street, G-string, like on a woman, the cover. Hanging out with Eddie Warhol. Homophobic. Do you know how many blowjobs I had to give him to get him to stand up in that G-string? <laughs> Now we oh, know. We had to give him half a <laughs> bottle of scotch, and I took him and I took it because the, the the bass player Frankie's like, "Come on, G man, it's gonna be good for the band. It's good." He's like, "I'm not putting no fucking, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it." And I'm like, "Come on," and I'm like, "Honey, come in, the, come in here with me." So I took him because I did his makeup for him, and he's like, "No, I'm I'm, I'm feeding him scotch." <laughs> wow. <laughs> It's a good me. thing they didn't. <laughs> it's a good thing they didn't make it. <laughs> so, um, so he didn't. It, so he wasn't. He was not. Bill. No, Bill was. You know, Bill was Bill. So Bill never made it a secret that he was gay. No, no, no. Mm-mm. Right. No, everybody. In fact, uh, as the years went by, and I would, I would run into um, to different young guys. You know, in their thirties and forties, who were big Kiss fans, and they'd say, yeah. "Oh yeah, I met Bill." At a concert in Wisconsin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he tried to put his hand on my pants or, you know, yeah. or, you know, spiked my drink or something. And, and, you know, at the time, everybody was doing coke. Right. Everybody, me included, everybody was doing blow. Yeah. And, well, like, you know, you ate that with your Wheaties in the morning. Yeah, it was the and, times. Yeah. And um, Bill had a real real problem with it. Yeah. And that was the downfall of a coin management. Well, you know, Paul mentions in his book, and I, I, I haven't read the book, but somebody posted the so excerpt. I haven't, read, I haven't read it either. Well, he posted a thing about, Paul admits that some, they did this Australian tour in 1980, a huge tour, and yeah. something about, they had a contest winner, this kid, is like a teenage kid, won this contest for the band, to meet the band, mm-hmm. and that Paul went to see Bill at his hotel room the next day to talk about something, and the kid was there. And Bill and Paul said oh, you no. didn't, and Bill just kind of winked and said, "Yeah, I did." Oh fuck! Wow. But well, my bus- my business partner with Model Entertainment, 
It was Jay Mala. Uh-huh. Um, Jay managed Babylon AD, Sleazebees. Yeah. Yeah. He got them signed. When right nobody on. else would sign them, he got them signed to Arista. He did a little time with uh, Joe Perry Project, yep. too, didn't he? He sure did. Yeah. That guy has done a, a lot in the mm-hmm. entertainment business and he film started out, and music. Well, and he started out with... Um, Revolver, uh, right? Well, Revolver was later. The first yeah. band was uh, The Koala, and they were signed. Right. They were signed to a major. I can't remember what label, but... In fact, he's, he's busy right now redoing the Masters for that because he's we're getting all of a sudden we're getting these people from nowhere wanting to sell the music uh-huh. it's like everything that's old is new again right but anyway jay was um was working with bill they were they were doing some deals together this was back in the 70s no this was in um he'd already moved out to la at that point okay. and i was living i think i was living in puerto rico so in the 80s yeah and um they went uh they, oh, they had a meeting i think it was with atlantic records and uh jay shows up Where's Bill? Bill never shows up. Calling and calling and calling, he never answers. And of course, this was before cell phones. Right. And, you know. So Jay went ahead and did the meeting without him. Afterwards, he goes back to the office, opens up the door, and the first thing he notices is the stereo equipment's gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. And he hears all this noise. <laughs> he looks over to the left, and there's Bill rolling around with some young guy and crack pipes everywhere. And Holy shit. Wow. Know. So wow. Jay was like, okay, I'm done. That's it. I'm done. So yeah, it's kind of hard to be a business partner with somebody that's got, you know, them serious issues, you know, because... But I tell you what, though, Bill, for all of the drugs that he did yeah. and that we all did, he was a genuinely sweet, sweet-hearted, generous, mm-hmm. kind individual. I have nothing bad to say about him. Awesome. I, wasn't in, I wasn't in any bands that he managed. I can yeah. understand those that were, like Stars. Yeah. You know, they had some real issues. Not so much, I don't think, with Bill, more so with the business management because, um, I mean, Michael Lee and I are close. My, my son is actually named after him. Oh, really? And yeah. um, Michael, uh, when I was living out in L.A., I was staying with him for a while, and we were sitting around talking about, you know, why they felt so negative. Was, well, everything was about Kiss, everything, was, which was true. Kiss right. was the baby, they and the, the other bands were the maker. tax write-offs. Well, and yeah, Kiss yeah. was the breadwinner. Right. And he says, you know, we're, he says, I'm sitting there with the, with, well, it was either Carl Glickman or Howard Marks, one of the, one of those guys. And um, they're, they're going over the accounting. And he says, what's this $8,000 for bridge and tunnels, tolls? Uh-huh. And the guy looked at him and dead in his face and said, you have crossed many bridges, my friend. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So that was just nothing, something for nothing. Yeah, it was. It was their. It was their way of you know using them as a tax write-off. Wow. And Brendan Harkin, who was the original guitar player from Stars, do you do you know the band yeah, Stars? Sure, sure. Well, Brendan lives here. He's been here for years. Mm-hmm. I'm. I ran into Brendan. Here's the Stars connection. Um. Every time I would talk about Stars with somebody, I would run into one of them. Like like five <laughs> seconds later. I was in a club in in, uh, in Queens, New York, when I first moved back from Puerto Rico, and I was with a friend, and I'm talking about stars, and you know, yeah, well, when I worked for Coin, stars was they, I was not a Kiss fan, right? Yeah, stars was I love stars, and I would constantly push them, and I would constantly be told to shut the fuck up. They're hugely underrated. Yeah, yeah. hugely. So, um, yeah, I'm talking about them, and I I come around the corner, and there's Richie Rano standing at the bar. He lives in New Jersey. Right. I lived in New Jersey, and we're both in Queens. <laughs> nice. So we reconnected, and then 
um, I'm, I moved here. I'm living here. And I had a friend who came to visit from New York. And we're talking about stars. And she's like, yeah, I used to play Frisbee with them the, in the yard next to the, the studio where they rehearsed. Yeah. And we're, we're at B.B. Uh, King's downtown. Yeah. yeah. She goes, that guy doing the sound looks really familiar. And I said, yeah, he does, doesn't he? So afterwards we go and we're talking to him. He goes, yeah, I'm from New York originally. And he goes, I used to play in a band called Looking Glass. And I went, Brendan? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what happened to stars? <laughs> he goes, share? So, so we reconnected. That's crazy. Months later, um, you know who Ricky Bird? Yeah. yeah. Bird. That's uh, Joan Jett and the Blackheart. Right. Yeah. Sure. Well, hit, um, I've known Ricky for years and, and his wife, of course, for years. And his wife was a publicist for Kiss. Yeah, Carol. Oh, yeah. So Carol calls me and she goes, we're coming down to Nashville. Ricky's doing a, um, a showcase for Hamstein Publishing and we're going to be down there for a couple of days. I want to see you. Blah, blah, blah. And she goes, and Bill is coming. Mm. And R- Ricky was doing the show, I think, at, at uh, Douglas Corner. Yeah. So, um, you know, we meet. I call Brendan and I said, not even thinking, you know, that he would have any animosity. I said, um, Bill is going to be in town. And I knew that they had not seen each other in over 20 years. Yeah. So I walk into Douglas Corner and Bill's like, Cher. So back to my original comment. Yeah. All the drugs that he's done. Mm. I had not seen him since 1978. This was like 2000. Yeah, but he's maybe still 2001. Yeah. yeah, and he remembered me after awesome. all those years. So um, I'm telling him, you know, Bobby Masano lives here. Who's the guy that replaced uh, Brendan? Brendan lives here. I said I left Brendan a message, but I don't, you know, I don't. He goes, well, you know, I don't blame them. He goes, a lot of, you know, I, I did a lot of fucked up things, and yeah, you know, he made some apologies, and all of a sudden I turn around, the door opens, and Brendan walked in. There he yeah. is. And I'm I'm over there. You know, bawling is like, you know, like rock and roll high school again. Uh, you know, the yeah. reunion, awesome. it's just, it was really cool to see them hug each other. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, there was a well, lot of history there. I got the impression, you know, Paul and Gene, have, they never went into detail about, you know, anytime somebody would say, what happened with Bill Coin, they would say, ask Billy Idol. Because he, he took on <laughs> Billy Idol. And they would give the impression of, well, drugs got the better of him. Yeah. But... I got the impression through interviews that he did later in his life that he finally turned things around and cleaned up, and he did, and was definitely um, humbled by what happened mm-hmm. you know, through the eighties. Most definitely. So, um, but you know, nobody worked harder for that band than he did. You know, they, they would. He, he they maxed out his American Express yeah, card just I mean, to. <laughs> yeah, he put himself in serious peril to get those guys to where they mm-hmm. were. But so in the seventies, they start playing these clubs, and you know they. Did you ever go to the Hotel Diplomat? Yep. Where they played yep. the show? Mm-hmm. Is that place? I was at that show. Oh, and, you were uh, there. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jay was with uh, Magic Tramps at that time. He played that night. Was it as big and of a dump as big people describe it as? It was a big ballroom. Yeah. yeah. And it was in one of the worst, seediest parts of town, Times Square. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the hotel was falling apart, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think Bill had described like, having to... Walk, step over holes that would drop you. Well, that feet was CBGB's. CBGB's was, was best was sound system in the world. The yeah. worst. Oh my god, it was nasty. Yeah, you didn't. You you wanted to stand at the door to pee. Yeah. As a woman, I prayed for a penis. I would get downstairs. <laughs> I would get downstairs. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not squatting because that shit jumps. I am no. 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 Wow. Yeah. I suppose, <laughs> it was bad. Man. So you were at the diplomat show where mm-hmm. he where he came down to give them the offer. Mm-hmm. So so what were, were they? I wasn't I wasn't in on I wasn't privy on that. I didn't yeah, meet yeah. him. But but I mean, were, did they quickly start making a name for themselves? Did, it, did you think that they were going to become like this massive arena act? No. Or you just thought there no. were four guys were goofing around on yeah. stage with makeup on? 
I mean, you know, at, at the time, everybody thought they were going to be stars. Right. Right. You know, it didn't matter. Yeah. Excuse me. Can't drink beer. It makes me burp. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh-huh. I guess <laughs> better out than in, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think everybody want, Everybody thought they were going to make it big. Yeah. You know, nobody said, well, let's just... Let's just do some covers and right. go out and make some beer money, you know. Yeah. Well, there was the, um, the story about that show was the Bratz were really the headliner. Mm-hmm. And Kiss had rented the room and did all the uh, flyering. And they made sure that um, they told people that when the showtime was. So Kiss would go on and most of the crowd would think it was over with. And then the Bratz would have to go on after. Like he invited all these industry people, including Bill, mm-hmm. to see them and had it scheduled to where they would make sure that they left. Before. So the Bratz must pretty have been slick. a pr- pretty big deal at that point. Yeah. Keith West is, I'm still friends with Keith. Um, they, um, and they're still playing. Yeah. They're, they're still doing shows. They're still doing, you know, their reunion sh- right shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, I see that. Yeah. But with, with Kiss back in those early days, how different were they than the other bands that were around at that time? Musically, they were pretty much the same. It was, yeah. it was, I would, I would call it more power pop. Right. When you, you know, when you, when you compare it to rock and roll that came later, you know, Aerosmith and, yeah. and, you know, of course, the old Stones and stuff. Right. They were, they, this is, I think this is why they appealed to the younger set. Right. You know, I always said you, you go to a Kiss concert, you smell bubblegum. <laughs> you go to a Stones concert, you smell pot. Right. You know. Yeah. Um, but you they, go to a G.G. Allen concert, you smell shit. Shit, <laughs> <laughs> shit fire. <laughs> shit, no, shit fire. fire. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, so, so they, you know, Bill signs them and then they're pretty much whisked away from New York. And they start they, touring. They start touring. They start opening for and they, and they, and it's funny. I'm trying to remember some of the bands they opened for. I think it was like maybe Bob Seger. Yeah. I think they maybe have opened, but like bands that that were nowhere near what Kiss was. Oh, they opened up for so, Sabbath. They, yeah. They had Blue they opened well, for Sab- Billy, they opened Black for Bi- Sabbath. I could get because yeah. Black Sabbath was. You know, a little Same out genre. there with yeah. shows, you know, yeah. with the showmanship. Well, they, they did a show. But Bob Seger? They did a show opening for Billy Preston. Yeah, that, They were, they you were know. taking any tour they could get. <laughs> exactly. And then they kept getting kicked off a tour. Mm-hmm. Like, Billy Preston hated him because Gene puked blood all over the stage. And he's like, what the fuck? I have to come on this? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, yeah, they were getting thrown off follow. tours left and right. So, did you stay in touch with them through this period? Um, No. No, I didn't. I, I had... I knew that the the one album came out, the, the first album came out, because um, Denise had bought it, mm-hmm. she had it. Um, I don't, I think she stayed in touch with Paul when he'd come back. You know, again, didn't have email, right. didn't have you know. So it was like you would run into people at clubs or bars or whatever, and they weren't doing that anymore. So I kind of right. lost contact with with all of them. Um, they didn't have girlfriends or you know, I think I think well Peter was with Lydia at that point. Yeah. And I think Ace might have been with Jeanette. I'm yeah, not sure. He was. But Gene and, and Paul were the single hoes, you know. Right. And um <laughs> I um it wasn't until I started working for them. But and, yeah, I mean you got to see them get press and stuff. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I heard their songs on the radio yeah. and in fact the re- one of the reasons why I like Strutter so much it was it was on every jukebox in any any club that I worked. Right. Know? So so I was dancing when I started working for Kiss. Okay. I was still dancing. So when you when did that what was my year? first office job ever? What year yeah. did what, what year does that happen? 1973. I mean, sorry, 1977. 77. How does that all come together for you? Is- well, um, the aforementioned Denise had a friend who was a DJ in Florida, mm-hmm. and she'd come to New York to try to break into the radio world in New York. And she, I don't know how she met Marvin Mann, who was the accountant for Coin Management. 
And um, he told her about this job opening answering telephones at yeah. a coin management. She said, I'm not doing that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a professional DJ. So I happened to be in my apartment one day when the phone rang, and it was Marvin. And he asked for Alina, and I said, well, she's not here right now. And um, I said, oh, yeah, she told me about that job, but she's not here. He goes, well, are you interested? Yeah. So the pay was unbelievable yeah. for an office job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I was making like 250 I have like my original paycheck. I think it was like 250 a week. Yeah. To answer telephones part time. Nice. Pretty darn good. Two fifty weeks for nineteen seventy seven. Yeah. So and I was still dancing. You know, I was yeah. at that point I had um I had separated from my husband, I was a single mom. And um I was like, Yeah, you know, plus benefits, you know. You're right. So I went down and met with them, they hired me immediately. Yeah. And uh so I would I would answer the phones while the other receptionists went to lunch. Yeah. And you know, I have the gift of gab, I guess, and Next thing I know, I was working. They they sort of they hired me full time, and I was working for Gail under Gail Rogers, yeah. who was Rick Alberti's assistant. Okay, so that's how I got into the promotions. End. And this was New York City, right? That <coughs> was in New York. Mm-hmm. Okay, and did you did you have much? Was Bill around much? All the time. Yeah, all the time. Sean Delaney, Bill Coin, uh, Melanie Delaney, who was Leon's wife, who passed away also recently. Yeah. Um, Stephanie Tudor. Yeah. Um, and she wrote copy for some of the promotional stuff that came out. Um, Stephanie, I think so. I know, I know that name. From yeah, something. well, she um, she was the one that that handled all their itineraries. She okay. did all their, you know, she had to make sure that, you know, the shit that blew up got where it was supposed to be. Right. <laughs> yeah. And um, who else? Um, Alan Miller, Buddy Miller, yeah, Billy Miller. You mentioned Alan. <laughs> a lot of Millers. You mentioned Alan Miller. That's one. It's an interesting guy. He was, I mean, he was around for a lot of the rise mm-hmm. and. He was kind of Bill's right-hand man, especially mm-hmm. on the road. Um, Lydia describes him as like her enemy in the book. Like she did not like him at all, and I think it goes back to a, a period where something like he didn't want her going out on the road with Peter because he liked them all being portrayed as wild rock and roll guys. Yeah, yeah. To not turn Image. off the groupies and stuff. I just kind of, it kind of shows you the, the the curve that's happened. Yeah. Over the years, you know, back then actors and musicians were supposed to be single. Right. right. So you had to be single. Feeling. Right, yeah. because the you know, and now it's all about you know you look they're talking about who's getting married, who's got kids, right. you know, yeah, they, that they're all in the in the front the front lines. Right, and as a woman, I can tell you, as a woman, we're more attracted to the guy who's married, right. and has the kids. Yeah, because that's what we like stability. Exactly. Yeah. What does he have? He must have something because she's with him. Right. You know? Right. You know, he's you know, that's that's the that's the allure. You right. gotta so, see the other side of it too, where it's like back then they wanted everyone, every young girl in America to think that she could have a chance to grow up and be Mrs. Paul Stanley. Right, right. Yeah. Well, there's women out there that think that they can get rid of the original <laughs> Mrs. Paul Stanley. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's that competi- it's competition. Right. That's yeah. that's what women are into is a competition. So you know. describe an average day working for a coin management. Um, well, I dealt with the West Coast, so I didn't have to be in the office till noon. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. nice. That works. So I would come in at like, you know, 11, 12 o'clock. Yeah. I'd saunter in. <laughs> and um, you never knew who was going to show up. You know, mm-hmm. Joey Heatherton one day. Um, it's like a lot of people that, are, that became big later would show up. Yeah. Looking. Um, what's her name? Uh, the girl that did, oh, Mickey, you're so fine. Tony Basil. Ta- right. Oh, Tony nice. Basil came in. She came in with a video that she did to a Kiss song. 
of her dancing really? to his song. And Bill's like, ah, out. Yeah. Oh, he really? Just, yeah, he wasn't interested. <laughs> and, 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 and of course, you know, in his favor, she only had, did have that one hit. Right. One hit yeah, <laughs> it was a one hit wonder. So, um, but you mentioned cocaine earlier. So, was cocaine pretty commonplace? In the oh, office? yeah. yeah. I have a funny Rick Alberti joke, and I'm sure he won't mind me telling it. It was the end of the end of the day. It was probably around I don't know five o'clock, and he said, "Hey, Cher, can you go pick up my airline tickets?" Okay. So he gives me some money for cab. And now the office was at six forty-five Madison. Uh-huh. The airline's uh, place was on Fifth Avenue and in the forties somewhere. So I hop in a cab. I walk over to Fifth Avenue, hop in a cab, and they give me a little tiny box. That's probably about this big cardboard box. And it's got the, the invoice from the airline, uh, the travel agent, on the, on the top. Uh-huh. So I come in. He's on the phone. He's talking, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, come in, come in, close the door, close the door. So I close the door, and he takes out his pen knife, and he pops the box open, and it's a huge bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm, now I, there's a part of me, and I'm thinking now, I, I, was, I'm, I should have been pissed. Yeah, you, know, yeah, you didn't like, tell did you me. Like, what if I had an accident? Mule, you, know? you know, like what if I had an accident or something? What if the cab had an well, accident? Yeah. You know, I've been fucking in prison for the rest of my life. So um, he opens it up and he goes, "You want to do a couple lines?" So he's like, "We're doing lines while he's having this conversation," <laughs> you know. But yeah, that kind of stuff happened all the time. So you know? Back then, it was par for the course. It wasn't out of the ordinary for yeah. stuff. Like this will that keep you happen. awake, and you can work that much longer. Exactly. The only podcast getting snow blind in the middle of summer. It's Christmas in July on the Decibel Geek Podcast. It's so hard to feel right Take your support of the show to the next level. Head over to decibelgeek.com and click on the Amazon link the next time you go shopping. A percentage of your purchase goes back into supporting the show. Not shopping? Click on the donate button and tip your DJs. Hi, this is Dr. Love calling, and I've got the cure you're thinking of. It's the Decibel Geek Podcast. So, so Bill was around a lot. What kind of a boss was he? I loved Bill a coin as a boss. Yeah. Bill would do just like, he left you alone. He didn't, he didn't bitch about anything, bitch about anybody. Um, there was a guy, it was an office manager, Sandy. I can't remember his last name now, but Sandy ran the office pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, Bill would do things like out of the blue he would send um, a town car to pick you up to bring you to work yeah nice yeah just out of the blue the, the women we always had fresh flowers on our desk so he was all we, about him, uh, appreciating his employees mm-hmm. very much That's so cool. yeah very much so so it was a happy very staff. happy yeah. very happy that was my first like I said was my first office job it was my first job in the music business, mm-hmm. and it, that was my starting point. Right. You know, I think that if I if it had been bad, I probably would have chosen another course. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, music's been in my blood; it's always going to be in my blood. Yeah. But I probably would have gone maybe a different route. Yeah. Know? So did did the guys in the band show up there much? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When they were in town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and what? So you know, you knew them when they were nobodies, and then all of a sudden they're these massive rock stars, and they come in the office. Had it changed them as people? Um, 
with Paul, no. I didn't see a change with Paul. Yeah. Um, like I said, Gene was always obnoxious. And <laughs> he called he called the office one day and I answered when I first started. And the the girl that used to answer the phone, her name was Catherine. Mm-hmm. He said, hey, Kath, it's Gene. Let me talk to Bill. And I said, hey, Gene, it, it's Cher. It's, uh, it's not Catherine. He was dating Cher at the time. Oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so you thought you were playing a joke on her? He goes, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Put Bill on the phone. And I said... He said, put Bill on the phone, Kath. And I said, it's not Catherine. Yeah. I said, do you remember the Harlots of 42nd Street? He goes, yeah. <laughs> I said, my husband was Gene, the lead singer. And he goes, oh, oh, okay, cool, redhead. I said, yeah. And he goes, all right, cool. Let me talk to Bill. <laughs> you know? He was like. Nice talking to you. Yeah, exactly. So, and then when Paul, you know, Paul came in, you know, of course, I had to remind him of who I was yeah. at the time because it, it had been a couple of years. And then he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I remember. You know, and and we would hang out. We go to tracks and mm-hmm. and stuff. And he's the one, like I said, he introduced me to, to Bob Kulick. And, okay. Uh, and it wasn't he dating Carol for a while back in those days? He did for a brief moment. Yeah. She was always in love with Ricky. Oh really? Yeah. So it just it never clicked with. No. Him. They he uh, he sent a white limo to pick her up one time. Mm-hmm. She told me the story. Carol's dad was a New York cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> his gun hung on the hey. on the I got it. her sister um, do you know who um, oh god Zito Chuck Zito yeah. yeah her sister was dating Chuck Zito that's a scary dude yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's, he's a schmuck is he he is <laughs> he is ugh. yeah Paul sent a uh, a white limo to pick her up yeah and um, and she went on she went on the date with him and she's he was he was in love with her yeah. Oh God. Yeah. He wrote a well, song about. Well, she's gorgeous. Her. Have you seen her? Oh yeah. Well, she looks exactly I was the say, same. She still looks the same now. She did she back, looks in the, exactly back in the, the day. She looks exactly the same. Right on. But, uh, well, he wrote uh, "Tonight You Belong to Me" about mm-hmm. her. And, yeah. But um, she was with Ricky. She's been with Ricky. She was with Ricky then, you know. Yeah. But they, you know, of course they hadn't weren't living together yet or anything. But right. That's now, been the love of her life. They've been married thirty years, maybe. Yeah. It's impressive. In this business, yeah, and Ricky, you know, had his deal with alcohol and drugs, and you know, yeah. he's clean and sober, doing that rock and recovery. Mm-hmm. It's in the the band rock and recovery, and right all yeah. addicts, all ex addicts, rather. So, well, so mm-hmm. speaking of partying, back in so you're working for Coin Management. Did would you get phone calls from like angry hotel owners of this guy did this to our our room? And, nope. No, no, nope. Or would they probably go Dave L limousines? We got a lot of calls from them. Not really. <laughs> So and so puked in the floor. Dave L. Uh, well, they'd find like liquids oh. <laughs> in the back. Oh man, Gosh. that's not no. He's no. <laughs> fairly peed on the carpet again. Uh, right again. Yeah. They um. Well, Dave L. Have you ever heard of Dave L. Dave L. Limousines mm-hmm. are all over the place now, but they started in New York and L.A. and um, they catered to the rock bands. Yeah. Because they knew right up front we're gonna have some shit happen in these cars, so. Yeah, they had like really good insurance and <laughs> yeah. and um and they're st- as far as I know they're still like the top right. the top limousine limousine service for the stars. So. Yeah, right on. So um, would you deal with fan mail and stuff? like oh, that? Oh yeah, we yeah. oh my god, we would get or we ha- you had the press office which is where Carol worked. Yeah, Carol Ross. Yeah. Carol Ross and Carol Kay. Yeah, and Carol Ross and I are still friends too. Yeah. She manages Tommy James. Oh really? Remember Tommy James and the Shondells? Sure. Yeah, she manages him now. Oh okay. Wow, I didn't cool. know she was still doing all that. She's still doing that. That's amazing. So we would get these huge bags 
like this big, those big mail bags, mm-hmm. right. full, full. We'd get like two or three, and then the press office would get four or five a day. Wow, a day. And there was a girl that worked there, Debbie, um, that worked in our office. Yeah. I can't remember her last name, but she would do a lot of the because they had the Kiss Army. Yeah, Kiss Kiss is it Kiss Army. Yeah, yeah. Kiss, Kiss Army. Yeah, yeah, the official fan club. Yeah, and um, so she would do a lot of the answers. You know, like she'd answer the. People would sign up for some membership they had. I don't, you know, yeah. I, I really didn't have anything to do with that part. But so it was so her job a, to go through yeah, the yeah. So envelopes she'd go through that, that. right? How many and nude pictures has that poor woman seen over the years? Oh God! <laughs> we didn't actually. They were all from kids. Yeah, most oh, really? of them were from kids. Yeah, we're like we're talking thirteen and under. That's what yeah. the, well, that was yeah. what uh, Bill wanted to do. Wanted <laughs> you to like make... the young boys? No. <laughs> Let's not go there. No, I'm just no, kidding. No, no, no. no they had a huge following in Japan. Yeah. Huge following, and these Japanese girls, these young Japanese girls, you would you should see some of the stuff that they sent these guys. Yeah, I mean that's where the marionettes came from. You know, yeah. they were but, especially big in Japan. Yeah, you know. yeah. So well, the kabuki the makeup, kabuki, you know, they, yeah, they took it as right. their own. Yeah, but um, we, uh, I'll never forget. You know, they they had the the autographed posters mm-hmm. that they would send out. Yeah. So, about I'd been working there about a year. And uh, when my sister, my younger sister, had moved up from Tennessee, because mm-hmm. I actually, believe it or not, I grew up, I spent my formative years in eastern Tennessee. Really? So I used to talk like this for the longest time. That's so sweet. And I did. I was a country girl. That's why I had big feet. Barefoot <laughs> all the time. But my sister had moved up, you know, big city. And yeah. So we all went to tracks. It was me, her, Paul, Bob Kulik. Um, Hirsch Gardner from New England. Yeah, we've yeah. had him on the show. Hello, Hirsch. Love Hirsch. Super good My boy. Guy. So we're all hanging out at tracks, and um, I think Peter Frampton was playing that night. Anyway, we're all sitting at the table, and I said, you know what, Paul? My brother, my younger brother, and he was maybe 13 at the time, he's a big Kiss fan, and I don't, I don't ever ask for autographs for myself, ever. Right. I'll ask for my, you know, when my kids were little, I'd ask for them, or I'd ask for, you know, sibling. So would you, you know, give me an autograph? So he takes a napkin and he writes, you know, keep on rocking, you yeah. know, Paul Stanley. Cool. And um, so he stuck it in an envelope, mailed it to my brother. He calls up, ha, 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 you're funny. That's not really Paul Stanley's. Oh, he didn't believe it. He didn't believe it. Oh, why? Because I'm looking at the poster and the autographs don't match. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> the autograph you have on the poster is not Paul Stanley's yeah. autograph. This is the real. And my Paul- sister's trying to convince him. She's like, I'm telling you, I was sitting right next to him. <laughs> Did he, uh, well, did he have his makeup on? She's like, no, he didn't have his makeup on. How do you know it was him? He doesn't no, go hang out in clubs in his makeup. <laughs> <laughs> if he didn't have a big star on his eye, it could have been anybody. Reminds yeah, me of, Pull yeah. your pants down, then we'll know. Reminds me of a story. <laughs> what? Oh! Okay, where were you oh. going <laughs> no, it's, well, it's that freckle, right? There. <laughs> well, the... Uh, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> Never mind. Not going now. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's one that's going to the grave? <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, well, that the the one on the poster was probably signed by a... Debbie. Uh, yeah, I was going to say signed by an assistant or something. <laughs> by yeah. Debbie. Yeah. That wow. happened a lot more than people realized, yeah. It still does. Yeah. Well, still sure. yeah. These guys don't have time. They can't time. sign all that stuff. They're busy rocking. Yeah. Or what they'll do is they'll sign one and they'll just mimeograph yeah. <laughs> you know, thousands of well, them. Well, you mentioned sure. you weren't really a Kiss fan. So it's like working for a coin. I mean, you, you had to have seen this giant amount of toys and stuff that was coming out. What, oh, what did you think of all that? All of the merchandising really didn't start happening until much later. Right. Because I left, like I said, I left in 78, that, 79. That's when it, around when it hit its yeah. peak, yeah. So, um, yeah, the only thing that 
that I saw really was the uh, were the albums, of course, yeah. and the um, like the Kiss Army stuff. and the and the Kiss Army, you know, fan yeah. club stuff. And, but I mean, did it was it ever surreal where you're like, I saw these guys play to like oh, ten yeah. people at the Coventry, oh, yeah. and, and well, now look, you know. when they you know when they offered me the job, I remember getting this like flutter, you know, like oh yeah. my god, because they I knew how big they were becoming, yeah. you know, but I also knew the other bands mm-hmm. that he handled. Yeah, which was you know Piper, yeah Billy Squires, and um, Toby Bow. Mm-hmm. Um, he hadn't signed New England yet, but uh, so yeah, you know I knew that I knew I knew that it, I was on to something big. Yeah, you know with that. That's cool. Um, but I never imagined, and it was I think it was when I when we had the uh, the record release party for the Double Platinum album. Yeah, that's when I realized how big they really were. So you, so I guess you saw Neil Bogart from time to time. Oh yeah, all this. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was yeah. he like? He was really nice, and yeah. uh, the village people used to come up to our office all the time because really? Casablanca would use our conference room for a lot of their parties. Oh, okay. Donna Summer, yeah, I became yeah. very tight with Donna Summer. As a matter of fact, um, my I studied acting for many years, mm-hmm. and my acting coach, who was the founder of the Groundlings Theater, who's also very sick, by the way. Um, when Helen Hunt won her award for As Good As It Gets, she thanked him. Mm-hmm. And I was living here. I'd been here for a couple of years. And uh, I had a house in Hendersonville. And I called him and I said, Carrie, he goes, where, where are you living now? I said, I'm in Nashville. And he goes, oh my God, I've always wanted to come to Nashville. Yeah. And I said, well, why don't I set up some classes? You come down and like, you can stay at my house. And you can do a couple of, you know, a couple of weekends. There's a lot of actors here. Yeah. I was the president of the Actors Alliance. I was a circle player. So I did a lot of theater and I had all that, you know, those contacts. So, I put an ad in the uh, in the local paper, and uh, I get a phone call. Um, Hi, uh, I'm, my employer and her daughter would like to come to the class. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, who's your employer? She says, uh, Donna Sedano and Donna and Brooklyn Sedano. I said, you mean Donna Summer? She goes, how do you know her? I said, right. because I know who Donna Sedano is. Yeah. And I know her daughter's name is Brooklyn. That's so cool. um, she goes, yeah, well, she you know she was living here in Franklin yeah. at the time. So, um, and it's funny because my son had met her when we first moved here. He was working at a store and he, uh, uh, an antique shop in Green Hills. Yeah. And she came in and, and bought a, r- a rug and yeah. he calls me up. He's like, Ma, Donna Summer's here. So, um, <laughs> I, you know, I said, well, I, that, great. Yeah, definitely. So I said, well, tell her that Cher Bach used to work, used to work for coin management. She used, I used to meet her all the time at the Casablanca meetings. Yeah. So, um, she came in. I was brushing. I, mean, I was brushing my teeth in the bathroom, and somebody pokes me on the shoulder, and I turn around, and it was Donna. Mm-hmm. She's like, hey. you know, so it was really. Yeah. I was. I was pretty devastated when. Yeah. When I lost was, her. Yeah. yeah. Went way too young. Yeah. Yeah. She was a sweet, sweet, sweet human being. Yeah. And a huge cornerstone of what Casablanca was doing at that time. Mm-hmm. Right along with Kiss. Yeah. But again, that just goes to show you, you know, nobody knew what was going on with her behind the scenes you know her depression and yeah you know i mean she, i remember she, her telling me <clears throat> she said sure i remember when uh you know love to love you baby was hitting really big and and uh, you know every time you turn the radio on you could hear me yeah. and she goes and i'm sitting in this hotel room and um and she says and i i pulled the curtain back and i was looking down and i was wondering if i jump will i kill myself wow. or will i just get hurt you know, and trying to get the window open, and she finally got the window open and had one leg out when the maid walked in. Wow! Yeah, she she was that 
She depressed. was paralyzed with depression. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, a, that's, that's yeah. it's hard to imagine somebody at the biggest part of yeah, her career. Yeah, the the apex, the huge part mm-hmm. of their career, so successful, and then to be thinking like that, it just shows you how depression, you know, oh, yeah. how powerful that really can be. Well, you know, your life is not your own. That's why yeah. I, you know, I really get bent out of shape with paparazzi. Yeah, you know, I just I lived when I lived in Beverly Hills. We walk in my dogs, and they were like. They look. They look like like <laughs> whales in the ocean. Like here's the stone wall, and all you see is faces. Right. They, and none of them spoke English. They were all like Russian, Polish, whatever. Huh. And uh, you'd see the limos, and you'd see them with their cameras. Just trying and to snap so pictures of anybody they can. I think huh? Lohan was in the store. It was Saks Fifth Avenue. Yeah. And um, it's like, why don't you guys go get a fucking job? You know, leave the girl alone for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, you're about the the one guy that ran. Uh, was it Nicole Kidman? Hit her with his bike. Wow. Yeah, Nicole Kidman. Like he's riding his bike and he like runs into her on the street. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, it's some guy wrote some article in one of our local papers and he's going on about how, you know, the celebrities need to get a wake up call and you know, oh people are taking pictures of me, you know, you know, why don't you get a job at McDonalds? Because they don't have to get a job at McDonalds, you right. asshole. Yeah. Just because they are do you go to the movies? Do you buy music? Yeah. Exactly. Okay. If they weren't there, you would not have no movie to go to. You would not have any music to listen to. Yeah. That's why Just we be- always tell everybody. Do they come into your house? Artists, you know? Do they come into your? Do they come into your office and take pictures of you while you're working? No. I mean, that, it, it's it, if they're entertaining you, then it it should stop there. Right. You know, you don't. There's no need to find out what they're doing on a Saturday morning. Right. You know, I don't I mean, know. And the, but the, what sucks is so many people want to know that stuff, right. and it's like, why do you want to know? Because like, they're bored with their own well, lives. Well, it's so mundane. Right, they're bored. Here's they're Gene bo- Simmons taking his dog for a walk. Who gives a shit? I just, I've never understood that, that whole... The day after I moved to Beverly Hills, I, I lived in a building right next to this huge medical building. Yeah. So I come out of my apartment. I'm in my pajamas, because mm-hmm. I'm crazy like that. <laughs> my, I have a baseball cap on, my hair in a ponytail, no makeup, and I have four chihuahuas. Mm-hmm. So I've got all four of them on the leash. And I'm walking up Spalding Drive, where my, my, my building is. And as I walk, and it's just like 7.30 in the morning. And yeah. as I walk past the medical building, I hear a familiar voice. And I turn and look, and it's Gene and Shannon. Really? Coming out. And this is where their plastic surgeon is. Right. So they're coming out, and I hear him talking. And I, the building is, you could, it's like a mirrored building. Yeah. So I could see my reflection. And I, st- I stopped and started to turn around and go back to say hi to him. Yeah. And then I caught a glimpse. I'm like, oh, shit, no. I'm like, <laughs> And then I thought, oh, fuck that. You know, it's oh, 730 yeah. in the morning. Yeah, you know, he's matter. married to Shannon's weed. It doesn't matter how good I look. <laughs> he's married to Shannon's weed. Wow. And I turned around to walk back. And then all of a sudden, these, they, they literally jumped out of the bushes with the cameras. And 730 in the morning. Yeah, they have nothing and, to do. And I'm like, would, would you follow the guy from his house? Yeah, you know? he probably did. Yeah, so I, I just kept walking. But. Yeah, I mean, I would see stuff like that all the time. Well, that's kind of like the statement of the age, too, you know, where it's like everything is instant media, you know, with Mm -hmm. the internet and everything. You know, could a band like Kiss have made it in this age? You know, where there's no mystique, you know, there's no behind the scenes? Like back then, the mystery you wouldn't, wouldn't have, have paparazzi. Yeah, you'd never have that mystery of, right. oh, wow, what, what do they, they really, really look, look like? like? Yeah, that would have been solved within And that 20 would have minutes. took, you know, such a big chunk of the mystique away from that band. You know, it would have hurt kids oh, yeah. so much if they, that's why a band like that couldn't do what they did now. I remember, I was, I think it was Star Magazine. It was, we were, we were 
we were getting out of the limos to go into, um, I can't remember the name of the restaurant, but it was for the double platinum. Yeah. I'm in a limo with Bob, Kulik, Bob and Bruce, and Bruce's date. Ahead of us is Gene and Cher. Yeah. So Gene and Cher so got Bruce out first. So Bruce Kulik was hanging out with them at that time? Bruce was in a band with... Um, Michael Bolton. Well, no, he was, uh, was he in Blackjack then? I think yeah. he's, I think it was, I think he might have been in Blackjack. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, when, I, when I met Bob, both him and Bruce were playing with Meatloaf. Yeah. Um, but no, they were, I mean, they knew Kiss yeah. before. Yeah, they were all friends. They were all, you know, from Queens. Yeah, it's all, just interesting because, you know, Bruce became a yeah. member later. But um, yeah, uh, they got out ahead of us and Gene had a handkerchief over his right. face. And, but everybody knew who he was because they all knew that Cher was dating Gene Simmons, sure. right? So they yeah. take pictures, of, you know, taking all these pictures. Yeah. We get into the restaurant, place is packed. And um, at one point, Cher and I went to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And she came out of the stall before I did. And, and I'm like, where are you, Cher? Where are you? And, you know, everybody thinks she's really tall. She's not. Oh, really? She's, she's my height. She's like 5'7". Mm. But Sunny was so short and yeah. she wore heels. She you know. looked tall. <laughs> so um, she's in the corner and she's going, get Jean, get Jean. The waitresses, and they were like mobbing her yeah. for autographs. All right. You know. So I go get Jean, and Jean comes in and like kind of like puts his hand down into the group and <laughs> takes her by the hand and leads her out. But um, well, Cher is such a huge star today. I love Cher. Then, you know, and I love Cher. She's so down to earth. Must have people- been that must have been like the appeal, you know, because you always hear the stories that Gene Simmons can have any woman he wants. He keeps trying, trying, trying. He'll you know out on the road putting together his his uh, Polaroid collection oh, and all that. Yeah. You know, but then to meet somebody like Cher, who's even bigger star than he is. Yeah, at the you time. Know, she, gotta, she put him through his paces. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, I always got the feeling she wouldn't put up with anybody's shit. Her well, and Donna, sure, her and yeah. uh, her and Diana Ross. Yeah. I yeah, never understood Diana that too. union, but freaked his mom out. <laughs> oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You don't date the black girl if you're Jewish. Oh, no. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, so you, knew, so you knew Florence back in those days. Uh, I didn't know her. Per- I didn't know you know, I met her, but yeah. I didn't, you know, I yeah. didn't know her that well. <laughs> But um, um, yeah, uh, oh, so back. So Star Magazine has a picture, like the next issue comes out, and it's a shot of them getting out of the limo, and then it has a picture of Paul, mm-hmm. his high school picture. Yeah, and they have Gene Simmons' high school picture underneath it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so they added all. See, they didn't even. They know. would get it wrong. I had no yeah. idea. I had yeah. no idea. Yeah. Well, so um. So all the craziness in the with the office and the so but Kiss was the main breadwinner for the for the company mm-hmm. until so, Billy Idol came along. Yeah. yeah. So the majority of what you saw was like fan mail from Kiss fans and oh yeah. What, yeah. what were the what were the yeah, kind what were the kind of calls you were taking for the office? Um, the it was mostly just you know business calls. Uh, the accountants. Uh, once in a while, I'd get you know uh, a star would call in. Yeah. You know, um, but mostly. The 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 Glickman Marks office would call. Um, yeah. The press office would call. Casablanca would call. Whatever I don't remember what other labels. Capital well, Capital was stars. Um, yeah. We'd get calls from different vendors. You know that kind of stuff. Right. Um, so would you would you get access to a lot of the concerts and oh, area free the free tickets and backstage passes to everything. Yeah. Yeah. All I had to that do was nice yeah. All I had to do was call Ron Delsner's office. Yeah, you he know, was Ron the big Harriet, promoter. Yeah. yeah, Ron or Harriet, you know. 
Yeah, he, I, and that was the that was and and that was the thing. It was like when I ran into Paul years later when I moved back from Puerto Rico. Um, I ran into him on the street in New York. I was job hunting, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, you know, we manage ourselves now. You know, we're, we have an office over on Sixth Avenue." And I said, "You can't afford me." Yeah. And he goes, "What do you mean?" And I said, "Well, back in the day, you know, the money was was pretty good, and then you had all these perks." Yeah. There's no yeah. perks anymore. Right. It's like, you know, like I think we talked earlier, and I've got Carol trying to get tickets for me from yeah. Paul, because uh, it's sort of like um, I mean, I've I've paid for tickets to see bands that I know before, yeah. but it's, I don't know, it's like, it's it's not that I'm cheap, yeah. but it's like, you know, I was there, I was wiping right. your ass when you were, you know, when you were down and dirty. <laughs> yeah, so I was going to ask you. in the industry, you know, that's kind of something that, it's, you know, it's you're a, supposed to get. Well, you know? yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's, it's sort of like a respect thing. Yeah. It's like when I worked in the nightclub business, you know, I never paid to get into a club. Right. And half the time my drinks were free. Yeah. You know, it was like that common... That commonality, you know, but it's not like that anymore. Right. It's like even my my old neighbor and one of my good friends is Maroon 5's manager. Mm-hmm. So he got me tickets when they played, when they did the, the and I'm a, a Naris member, but I would still have to pay, pay for the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, he got me tickets for the Grammy pre-party right. at Bridgestone last year. Then they came through again. And I said, yeah, can you give me more tickets? He's like, it's a no-comp tour. I'm like, what? That's happening a lot uh, these days, too. What? But on the flip side, I got $300 tickets for 70 bucks. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, so when, when did you leave? 79 is when you stopped yeah, working for a I went coin? Yeah, I, I, I left a coin, and I worked for maybe three months for Barry Imhoff, and then from there I went to Puerto Rico. Now, why did you leave a coin? That's about, that was sort of the beginning of the end. Yeah, they uh, people started getting let go, and then they closed the 14th floor. We were we had two floors, 14th and 15th. Yeah. Well, I suppose like you said, um, you come in during double platinum. I mean, that's the peak, the peak pretty much, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. And then you're there solo through the solo albums. You know, did, what did you get any vibe on that? Did you think, wow, solo albums? You know, nobody's ever done this before. That's weird. You know, was there any talk like any any thoughts before it came out to how it was? I was go? 22 years old. I didn't yeah, know shit. Didn't really... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know shit. It was just a party, you know, rock and roll all night party yeah. every day. Yeah. Um. I um I didn't think anything of it. Uh, they let me go. I remember when Sandy <laughs> called me and he goes, you know, we're gonna have to let you go. And I was like, oh, okay, you know. And it wasn't like I wasn't devastated until the next day when I got up and I was yeah. like, oh my god, I I'm not go working in. anymore. And immediately, like two days later, I get a phone call and it's Bill, mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, I'm having a party at my house. So it was like, like I wasn't happened. kicked out. I didn't get kicked out. You yeah. know, I got, you know, I lost my membership card, but I didn't get kicked out of the club. Right. You know? That's so, cool. Yeah. And so I, and then I went to Sean Delaney's, you know, uh, he had a, a housewarming party. So yeah. I was still invited to all the parties. And, and then of course I was, um, I was still dating Bob. Yeah. And on and off. So. So what'd you uh, do after that? I moved to Puerto Rico. Yeah. I went to, well, I was going through my divorce and my, uh, I had pretty much quit dancing at that point. But my agent called me and said, hey, you know, one of our dancers got sick. Um, it was a, a show in, in Puerto Rico. And uh, do you want to go down? And I was like, he goes, look, it's a paid vacation. You'll be there for a month. You know, all expenses are paid. You get your hotel. You get a per diem, you know, plus your, your nightly, you know, your, your weekly uh, gig. Now, you're not going to make the money you were making in New York, but, you know, it's something. Right. So I thought about it, and I was like, you know, I've never been to Puerto Rico. I'd be nice. And it was 40 below. 
in New York. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and yeah. snow on the ground. And yeah. I was like, yeah, I think I'll do this. So I went and uh, I fell in love with the island. And I came back, packed my shit, and moved. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Stayed there for eight years. Well, you had mentioned <laughs> earlier about a coin management falling apart. Now, what, what do you attribute that to? Drugs. Yeah? Yeah. Totally Definitely drugs, drugs yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Because things like, like we had... Um, Little things started started going away. Like we we had a, a person come in like weekly to take care of the plants. We had he had beautiful plants yeah. everywhere, and we had the fresh flowers on our desk. That stopped. Mm-hmm. They stopped coming in, and and uh, you know again I was twenty two. I didn't pay any attention, but looking back now, I you know it was falling apart you in front of my eyes. Was on the wall in retrospect. Yeah, and um, the other bands were getting weren't getting pushed at all. Right, and. Uh, Stars started playing Gildersleeves. I mean, they weren't doing their big shows anymore. They, they got dropped. Yeah, yeah, they got dropped from Capital. That's too bad. And, they and really they, are a great band. Yeah, and they put out... get the credit they're due. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, they're still playing. They still yeah. play. I tried to bring them here, but, um, you know, they all have jobs now. Yeah, you know, Michael's sure. Michael's uh, process server. Oh, wow. Now, he's, he's bulked up. Yeah. You don't want him coming to your door. Because <laughs> he's, he's still got that, he's got that sweet smile, and he's just got that, he's, you know, he's my hero. Michael's my hero. Yeah. But, you know, don't piss him off, because he's Scottish. Yeah. <laughs> he'll, he'll don't put, get in his way if he's seeking ale. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we play yeah. that song. I love that song. Well, so the, so the bands aren't getting pushed. Kiss is actually, they, that's, the beginning of the downfall for them too. I think when they yeah. went into they went into, they started getting into disco and stuff like that and yeah yeah and, um, I remember I was in Puerto Rico I was a when de- you heard I was, that I I had moved to Puerto Rico and I retired from dancing teaching aerobics and um, I started got my second husband was a DJ yeah so he taught me how to spin right so I started working for the for this company called uh, Juliana's of London Sound mm-hmm. um, they do all the uh, the Hiltons all yeah. the discos in the Hiltons. So, you know, they, they would send you records every month, you know, right. record pool, and, I, and it's 12 inch of a Kiss song. I'm like, what the fuck is this? No, trust me, people are <laughs> dancing to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She thought you were yeah. being pranked. They probably. were, yeah. Like, <laughs> but I actually liked it. Oh, did you? Yeah, I yeah. did. Like they, Rod Stewart came out. Rod Stewart came out with his, you yeah. know. They fit right in with all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So, and there was somebody else came out with this with a disco song too. Well, the Stones did it too with "Miss You." I mean, that was well, a very yeah, disco they were song. they were first. I yeah. was made for loving you. Best disco song ever. Compared to the rest, I'm trying to remember yeah. some Before of the it. I'm trying to remember some of the songs that um, a lot of those a lot of the new stuff that, that that Paul did that uh, it was a ballad that was really good. I can't think of it. Something right like now. Shandy. No. Forever. Yeah. Yeah, he wrote that yeah. with Michael Bolton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. <laughs> so, all right, so you're in, so after leaving a coin, did you ever have any more run-ins with the band after that? Well, when they came to Puerto Rico, um I was uh what was I doing then? I was teaching aerobics at an aerobics show on Channel 5 down there. And um Paul had moved Bob had been living in Paul's apartment. Uh-huh. Bob moved out, moved to L.A., and Paul moved back. So I knew he was at that apartment. So And again, no emails, no cell phones. Right. Right. So I sent him a, a little card, and I said, I, you, I know you guys are coming to Puerto Rico. I live here now. would love to see you. Mm-hmm. So um, they were doing it. They were going to do a press thing for, for the band. And uh, there was a lot of flack 
from the religious movement. Puerto Rico's oh, really? very Catholic. And this is after the makeup came off, too, isn't it? Um, this would have been in the 80s, so um, 84, maybe, 85. Yeah. Um, uh, like I said, I had sent a, a note to Paul and um, told him that I was living in Puerto Rico. They needed to do a press conference, and they had no place to do it. And I remembered from my DJ days that the DJs in the Crib Hilton mm-hmm. had keys to the club. And there's nobody there. It's it's empty during the day. Yeah. So uh, my friend uh, Lisa DeLeo, who was a, a journalist on the island, I said, listen, I, I'll get the place and I'll set it up, you know, for the band. So I called the DJ, called her room, and I said, can you go down and unlock the club for me? And he, she said, sure. So we're all in there. We got the, there was a journalist from the local paper and, and Lisa and a, and a couple of other people. And uh, Paul and Eric and Bruce walked in gene hadn't flown in yet yeah um so they walked in and and paul points at me and he goes yeah you were right (laughs) you are living here now yeah so we did the press conference and then we went and and we sat out by the by the pool Mm -hmm. and just you know caught up with stuff and then we went and had dinner um at the i think it was at the crab shack it was the first time i'd ever had um shark Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Paul had ordered shark, and I was like, I'm not eating that. <laughs> so he got me to try it. But anyway, um, we had a really nice time. Yeah. It was really nice to, to reconnect. And we'd rented a, a a van. So we're all in the van. My godfather, he's not my church godfather, he was my my godfather, right. owned a, a bunch of clubs on the island. And he's, he's actually American. So we took him down to the, one of the clubs, and then I said, you know what, there's a band playing uh, at this Irish pub around the corner from my house and they're from New York mm-hmm. and uh, do you remember the band Vixen? Yeah, yeah. Not, we've interviewed not the one girls. of the members. Oh, a different Not Vixen. the girls the guys No, I don't remember Joey Sykes um, huh. George Deanna was a bass player with Stars for a little while No, that one's not ringing um, a bell uh, Who else is Ernie 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 Lake What's his last name? Hey, Ernie Lake I guarantee BJ would know who Paul that Morris. is Paul Morris I'm sure Paul Morris, keyboard player, played with um, with um, Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. Oh, okay. For a while. Anyway, Dora Pesh, she played with everybody. Anyway, um, I said there's a band from New York. There, you know, this this club is an Irish pub, and they would bring in stateside acts. Yeah. For months at a time. So, uh, and I said, and they're big Kiss fans. Right. And they were another, you know, doubting Thomases. Didn't believe that I knew Kiss. Yeah. So he goes, well, you want to go over there? And I said, yeah, let's go. So we come in the side the side door, and there's a there's a pool table. Mm-hmm. So we walk in, and the light is just shining on top of Paul's head. <laughs> the band is playing, and all of a, and they're playing. You can hear you can hear like different instruments going out of tune, and you know because they realize that somebody's here. Yeah. And uh, so so they stop playing, and I I go up and I go, look who's here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so Paul says, you know. Want us to get jam with them, and I said, "Yeah." He goes, well, "What do you want me to play?" I said, "Strutter." Yeah. <laughs> so they got up and played with them, and and it was well, that must have been awesome. They, for them. If you talk to Joey, any of those guys, you you ask them. Yeah. Remember the time Kiss got on stage and played? Well, and, that's like a and, highlight of their lives. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. I'm sure. yeah. And Joey at the time, Joey was like twenty something years old. He was yeah. skinny little kid, and and he's he's doing really well for himself. I mean, he went on to to do. He's playing with the Babies right now. Oh, really? Remember the Babies? Yeah, they yeah. just got back together. Yeah, he's he's in that band. That's great. And um, we reconnected out in L.A., but uh, 
back, back to that band. Yeah. We're hanging out one day on the beach. You know, we go back to their hotel room to take showers, and and George goes, "I want you to check out this band." And he pops in a cassette tape, starts playing it, and it's Cherry Baby. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm like, "Yeah, I know those guys." No, you don't. Yes, I do. They were managed <laughs> by by Bill Coin. Yeah. And he goes, "Oh yeah, that's right, that's right." Fast forward. Fast forward like 2001, 2002. Um, Stars is playing in New Jersey, and yeah. I'm living here. I flew up to. I had already gone out to see, gone out to LA to see Michael, and I flew up to surprise them. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the crowd, and it's majority is all guys. Right. Very few girls in the audience. They're a guys band. Yeah, yeah. sure. <clears throat> so I'm going up to each guy, and I'm like, "How old are you?" 35 how old are you 40 and i'm like this is amazing because these guys are all like in their 60s and this is their fan base it's pretty cool you know yeah so finish and and i'm walking after they come off stage i'm walking back to the dressing room and i hear somebody go share and i turn around and look and it it's the bass player that was on stage this bald guy yeah and uh i look and he goes it's me george wow george played the cassette for me back in the 80s that said check out this band is now the bass player that's really cool for the band yeah that's cool that's cool yeah. and he doesn't have to wear anybody else's makeup or anything <laughs> <laughs> nope cause when I go through her oh putting the O back in oh. rock it's just like a oh 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 a hot knife oh yes 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 Listening to the Decibel Geek Podcast. The Puerto Rico time when you meet Kiss. Yes. Um, so that was that your first time meeting Eric Carr? Yes. Yeah. It was first time. And he what, was he was there and what was he like? Just very, very humble. Yeah. Very sweet. Um I didn't I I didn't see um any issues with Paul yeah. and and Eric. Um but again, Paul and I were interacting more than right. he was interacting with anybody yeah. else because we had history, you know. Was it surreal um, to see Bruce in the band at that time? I knew he was playing with them at that yeah. point. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I and I knew that he played, you know, he'd played with them in the past. Yeah. You know, I think he'd gone in and done some tracks on then, some of the albums. Did you eventually get to see Gene while they were down there? Um, at the concert. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At the concert. Cool. Um, I took my son. And it was funny because uh, Christian is, well, he's forty now. God, <laughs> feeling old now. When he was three, he saw Kiss for the first time. Yeah. He got backstage, and he's, I have him, he's sitting on a table. And the guys, you know, just come off stage, so they're kind of freshening up before they come out and to greet the public. Yeah. And um, he's sitting on a table, and Paul had already, had already met my son. Mm-hmm. You know, Christian had seen Paul without his makeup on. But he was a big Gene fan. He right. loved, you know blood and the, you know, yeah. the gore and all that stuff yeah. in fact he well he, he went as Paul Stanley for Halloween mm-hmm. one year when he was like four or five but he had the he had all the he was always sticking his tongue out <laughs> and you know being tough like Gene but yeah, Gene finally comes out and uh, he goes where's your kid and I go oh, he's over there on the table and here's Christian all curled up <laughs> you know snoring <laughs> away <laughs> oh. so Gene kind of shakes him he goes hey buddy hey buddy yeah. And Christian kind of opens one eye and goes, Hi, Gene. 
Aww. closes his eyes and go back to, goes back to sleep. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, I got to see that. So then he got to see him again when he was eight. Yeah. And then when they came here, um, when was it? When were they here? Uh, oh, what year? Ted Nugent opened for them. 2000. Was it 2000? They, that was when they did the quote-unquote farewell tour. Right. The original, the original members, yeah. 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 In, in makeup. Yeah, I was at that show. Yeah, I was too. Yeah. And uh, I remember going to that show with, with, uh, with my boyfriend at the time and both my sons. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time my younger son had ever seen Kiss in concert. Right. And, oh my God. It was like, it was like I'd never seen them before. Yeah. It was like a whole new experience for me. And I finally got oh, why really? Kiss was such a big deal. <laughs> yeah. My neck hurt from, from, from rocking so hard. <laughs> yeah. like, and I looked around and I said, how many bands? And I got to make this point. There are, there are I, I can't think of any other bands out there. Mm-hmm. That have surpassed all generations. Yeah. Where you'll see grandparents many. with with infants. Oh yeah. You know, listening to the same band and and getting off on it. It's rarefied know? air. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got the Stones. There, but there. Yeah, but there's only a handful yeah. of bands that can do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's and but here's Kiss, which was pretty much a novelty act when you think about it. You know, when they. I won't say so because I'm too big a fan to say that. Well, yeah. but yeah. but when you when you look at it in, from the from a to the general public, I right. can see that. Yeah. Right. If you're not a fan, yeah. if you're not a fan, you're just you know. But you can go and see them, and even if you're not a fan, you're going to be entertained. Right. For sure. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Because the show is just. Well, it's huge. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, we were like second row in because Carol got me the tickets. Yeah. And. Uh, I mean, I was sweating from the fire. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This guitar. We were, like, right in front of Ace. Yeah. You know. Um, I just thought they were they were fantastic. I mean, I'd been to their shows before. Right. I went to their farewell, yeah, the, the first farewell. Oh, the reunion. In, uh, when they got in New back. York. Yeah. Madison, was it Madison Square Garden? Yeah, they did yeah. three nights at Madison yeah. Square Garden. Yeah. I went to that. Um, well, that must have been kind of fun for you seeing them oh, get yeah. back together and throw the makeup back oh, on yeah. again because you're like wow I remember well, that well you know that they're, they're time, old you know? fucks and they're, they're up there <laughs> rocking man yeah, they are. I, you know I can't my knees are shot I can't wear platforms like that and <laughs> I'm sorry and I see Paul come out there in this because it's funny I went to see Cher for my birthday in Vegas yeah. a couple years ago what is she 60 something now oh yeah easily yeah. yeah and she's you know she's wearing the sensible heels and I was like you know like I mean she was still fantastic yeah you know Cher can you know burp and I'll you know I'll pay to see it. Right, but she's one too that's lasted yeah. the years and still has as big yeah. crowds coming to see her today as yeah, ever. Exactly, yeah. it was, it was and sold still out. delivering the crazy you know mm-hmm. the, yeah. all the intricacies of that show that mm-hmm. is Cher. You know, yeah, she's she's amazing. But you know, it's like when it, you you know certain certain body parts that start to break down after sure. a while and. To see Paul and Gene and other, you know, coming out there in the platform boots, I'm like, God bless you, man, because yeah. yeah. my knees are hurting watching you. Oh yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it's definitely more than jeans and a t-shirt. It's, no. I mean, yeah. especially jeans, you know, wear that armor and everything. That stuff is not and you light. Sweat. Oh yeah. Oh my God, you sweat. Yeah, and they got hot lights coming down on you. It's mm-hmm. um, sure, it's but admirable. I think you know that's why. Yeah, exactly. Admirable. That's why yeah. so many fans love Kiss so much because. I, you know, it doesn't matter if it was 1975 or if it's yesterday. You know, yeah. this, this band has always gone mm-hmm. above and beyond well, for the fans to put on that show to give a little something extra, like you were saying before we recorded the the lick and stick tattoos in the records <laughs> to the explosions and the fire breathing, mm-hmm. the blood spitting. It's always been a little bit more than any other band could ever deliver. So, right. have you had any contact with the guys since all those past mm-hmm. years, or is that pretty much? Mm-hmm. No, um, through other people. Yeah, like I'm friends with Paul's wife, ex-wife Pamela. Yeah, uh, she went to my church mm-hmm. out in L.A. and um, 
we're friends on Facebook. Yeah. But yeah, not not really. No, I haven't seen him or, or talked yeah. to him since. You gonna go see him in a few weeks? Oh yeah. 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 Well, cool. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I can't cool. wait. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. Nice. Probably never yeah. thought back in '73 at Coventry you'd be seeing them in an arena in Nashville in 2014. No, no. I'm surprised that we're all still alive. I know. I'm sure everybody involved is also. So. <laughs> Thanks for doing this. Well, thank you for having me. So there you have it. That's our conversation with Sherbach. And man, you're right. She is a trip. How much fun was that? It was a lot of fun. And uh, for links of the stuff that we talked about in the episode, go to the show notes at decibelgeek.com. While you're there, click on the Amazon link, purchase his stuff, purchase a car, purchase a jet aircraft, purchase an aircraft carrier. Yeah, purchase all your Kissmas in July presents. Yeah, so you know, do that. We get a kickback on that, and you don't have to spend any extra money. Or if you don't want to buy anything on Amazon and you want to support the show, Click on that donate button. That helps us out, too. And That's more it. importantly, share this episode with your friends. Retweet it with your friends. Spread the word. Let everyone know that it's a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Aaron, this has been a fun way to start oh, off the month, man, right? I love Christmas in July. I can't wait till next week. Next week will be a lot of fun, too. And uh, we'll see you then, Kiss fans. Yeah.